Unboxing 5 kilograms of vegan protein powder from Bulk Powders in the flavors mint, chocolate and peanut butter. So it's vegan and they also try to be eco-friendly, which I think is a fairly good cause or motivation. Now I try to open the whole thing and I already had the unflavored version of this protein powder for now quite some time. I used to try out Pure as a milkshake and then I realized I couldn't do Pure because I wanted still to be ketogenic and that was not really an option because there is no really ketogenic option. So I made kind of my own option and for this I used the unflavored version of this protein powder. Nevertheless, I try, so despite the fact that I try to eat clean, I do have cravings for sweet things every now and then. So the question is, what do you do? Now there are different things you can do. You can either eat something considerably healthy, that is vegan protein powder, but sweetened. And of course it is ideal if the sweetened thing still is healthy and if it also doesn't come with sugars. So what this actually comes in is a protein blend so pea protein isolate, brown rice protein, pumpkin seed protein, flaxseed powder, quinoa flour. So that's the main protein blend. And that's the one I already am using. Then we have for this specific one, which is the mint chocolate. And I also have another one, which is the peanut butter. And for this one, we have cocoa powder, chocolate peanut and chocolate mint flavors only. Natural flavoring, intentizing agent, sunflower lecithin, color, beetroot red, strawberry flavor only. But of course, strawberry flavor only now doesn't apply anymore. So for the cocoa powder is for the chocolate peanut and for the chocolate mint. But what we have is just the chocolate mint. So we have cocoa powder. Then the next thing is ground cinnamon but that's not in here. Then sweetener and here we have stevia extract and that's basically the best, you could say it's the best sweetener you could get because it's a plant that is, that has compared to the other artificial sweeteners like aspartame, um, not that many, seemingly not that many downsides. It does have a specific taste which is not very equivalent to sugar because if there is also so one of the, these reasons might be why the taste is slightly different is also that sugar triggers a chemical reaction, the release of dopamine, whereas stevia, there seem to be, according to Andrew Huberman from one of his podcasts, there seem to be sensors in the gut that actually can taste real sugar from artificial sweetness and therefore you might not feel as satiated or the craving might not feel as satiated. A different story entirely is the fact that seemingly a lot of sweet cravings are actually cravings for salty things, but that's either a myth or I don't know if there are any studies on this. It's a fitness bro myth that has been around on the internet and therefore I was also exposed to it. Whether this is true, also from my data, from my anecdotes, I cannot really tell. Then we have stabilizer, accentant gum with acid, citric acid, but that's again only in the strawberry flavor, so it comes in different flavors. It comes unflavored in the strawberry flavor. It also has an apple strudel flavor. Then we have uh, the strawberry flavor. Then we have the two flavors we have here, and we have also chocolate peanut. Then we have Digezyme, which I don't know. It's an enzyme complex amylase, protease, cellulase, 
lactase and lipase. I don't know if I pronounced this correctly because I am not used to these words. These bags are completely compostable. They also come in cardboard boxes and therefore you basically don't have any waste. Compare this to buying meat at the supermarket for example, which I also now do, and that's uh, just a lot more in terms of waste. Also if you buy cookies for example, there is also a lot of waste. So buying this as your at least one of your sources of protein is at least in terms of waste a reduction. At least in my case it is a reduction and these are apparently you can throw them on the compost and they are biodegradable. I didn't try it out myself, I just throw them into the normal uh, in the normal waste the one that is selected for this but obviously I don't throw it into the bio trash at least as of now I do not because many people also might think that this doesn't belong in here or in there when it comes to opening it up theoretically you could tear it up I just found that this doesn't work that properly so therefore I always cut them open because it's 2.5 kilogram I do have these bags standing around for quite a while depending on how much obviously you get your your protein from this blend and also from other sources and also just your general consumption of protein powder you might have this stand around like on I cut with the small scissor I didn't cut very nicely you might have this standing around for maybe days to weeks so when I came up with my custom meal shake which was kind of a deviation from fuel but ketogenic I had proposed one bag of this, 2.5 kilograms, as my only source of protein or my main source of protein or my protein level, you could also say, and I had this for one week, which is was on the higher calculation, so, not, so basically on the conservative calculation if I ate a little bit more. Now, let's open up the two different ones. Uh, for reference, I do have a diet usually that is fairly low in sugars and that is basically ketogenic, even though sometimes more on the low carbish side. I often also eat sweets. Why do I not? I don't eat sweets. I eat fruit. That's what the that's the thing. I usually don't eat sweets, at least given if I assume the last weeks. On average, I don't. So, what these taste now? These taste now. Sometimes, so depending what your baseline taste is of sweetness, um, you might experience the taste of these fairly differently. So, for example, when I got the first bag of fuel, I also ordered them in vanilla and chocolate. And again, I was used to basically a normal diet that was more on the saucy and spicy, not saucy, but on the spicy side and not so much on the sweet side. And I'm also not used to sugar that much anymore. I used to do basically totally no added sugar until I couldn't do it any longer. And basically over the last years, I tried to again come back to zero added sugars, so normal sugar, cane sugar. And for this reason now, when I tasted the hue, it actually tasted very artificially sweet. And I only had it basically as an add-on. So I didn't, I couldn't eat it alone because it was way too sweet. And obviously, if you have something like this, most people drink it with a lot of water. So therefore the proportion of a given unit of taste per what you then ingest is already uh, diluted if you have this with water. Therefore, this needs to be a little bit more sweet. And if you then eat this as a pudding, as a protein powder pudding, then this also might be more sweet. So I also had the vanilla version of this already because again, back to the reasoning from the beginning, here is, here is the thinking. If I don't, uh, basically satisfy my cravings every now in a once in a while 
with sweetened things that are still healthy, then my cravings basically go on other routes and I might find myself at the supermarket buying a lot of fruit or similar things, maybe also trash, basically, basically everything that is with sugar and not low carb and so on and so forth. So for this reason, I figured I will buy this again, but I do not really know whether this, whether this decision is more on the rational side or more on the me craving sweet things, dumb, dumb monkey in me mind side. Maybe it's somewhere in between, because if I have these standing around, I also just tend to in, eat more calories, because at a given point of hunger, so if you have hunger, let's say, for about 500 calories, then with these things, the more sweetened and the more calorie dense, at least they appear, because they are sweet, and the more fat you also pour in, so basically think of normal sweets. The, there is this thesis that you basically can eat more and more foods, even if you're already satiated, if they are more and more calorie dense. This makes also sense because you only have a given constrained stomach and therefore increasing the, so eating more carrots, for example, if you already have weight, have had way too much, would basically get your digestive tract to blow, not to blow up, but to be bloated. But if you then eat just a little bit of cake or just a little bit of something that is sweet and calorie rich, so maybe something with sugar and fat, then this might be an add-on. It might be stored as fat, but you can carry it around without any further without any further weight and volume, at least marginally smaller. For this reason now, let's actually open it up. This seems to be on the brown side, and this is the chocolate, chocolate, chocolate peanut. And I have already eaten today about, I don't know, a thousand calories, and it's now a few hours later. I was in a sauna, and I also trained. So for this reason, I'm now a little bit on the hungry side. I'm not totally dying for food, and this is for reference from the taste, because otherwise, if I just tell you this is artificially sweet, and then you might get it, and it might be not as sweet as you thought it would be, or it might be not sweet at all to you because you're used to a diet that is higher in carbs and higher in sugars. But I realized if I am without, without fructose and also without glucose for maybe, maybe a week or two or maybe three weeks totally in, then normal things like cucumbers, like tomatoes already taste sweet. So therefore they already satisfy your sweet cravings. So for this reason now, let's get one of these. And they do have these scoops. They used to have different scoops, but these are actually now similar to the ones Huel has. They used to have scoops that are basically normal, but these are now have an incline. And of course this is better because then you get out more, because it just flies out easily, <laughs> more easily. So for this reason now, let's finally take a little bit, maybe half a scoop. So one of these has 35 grams and Every 35 grams has, because the macronutrient ratio is, for 100 grams, we have 6.1 grams of fat, of which saturated are 1.3 grams. Carbohydrates, we have 10 grams. And of course, uh, the sweetened stuff has a little bit more carbohydrates than the other one. Let's actually compare it to the normal unflavored version. There, we have about half the carbohydrates, which of course, for a low carb or ketogenic diet, makes a lot more sense. So this cannot be ingested as a, a protein lever anymore. What is a protein lever? Think of the different three macronutrients, carbs, fats, 
and also protein. And if you have stuff like this, then you can increase the amount of protein, decrease the amount of fat by simply adding or subtracting one food, which you cannot really do if you don't eat meat and don't have a protein powder, which I tried before for years and I often was hungry and I often craved a lot of sweet stuff and I also often overeat, to be honest, overate, to be honest. Then let's just compare the normal, the unflavored macros to this one. So the unflavored macros, the three big ones are fat, six grams, carbohydrates, 5.5 grams and protein, 72 grams. So in terms of protein efficiency, we have 72 grams of protein. But keep in mind, these are from different sources. So if you just get pea protein or pea protein isolate, then this is only one protein source. But given that protein is not just protein, but these are actually the different amino acids and you need specific, a specific proportion of these different amino acids for the different functions you need. This might also change over time. But now the problem often is if you only have one protein source, let's say me on a vegetarian diet eating not even dairies. So Therefore, my protein was mostly from either eggs or not even eggs because I sometimes try to be vegan. Then the only protein you get is maybe from nuts and a little bit in vegetables, which is not that that varied basically. So if you if these nuts and vegetables have certain protein profiles, then these have a few of the different amino acids in a certain ratio. Now. If you need all the ratios, if you just need a certain ratio, let's say this is the hand and we have five different amino acids, but one amino acid is only like this, maybe only 20% compared to the other ones, then this will limit what the whole body can use from the protein. This introduces the concept of bioavailable bio protein. So by combining different sources, like something that is often used is Potatoes and eggs, I think, increase the bioavailability of each other. So basically the two different profiles, let's say one has less of this and the other one has a little bit more of this and the other ones are slightly lower, then these combined on average are basically a full hand, which would be the profile. Given this, I think it is useful that this is a protein blend and not just pea protein isolate, for example. For this reason, I also was somewhat comfortable with using this as my main protein source on the vegan protein shake I made, even though I have gone back to eating dairies a lot and I also recently, after six and a half years, started eating meat again. The main reason having a protein lever with chicken and so on is just something you can eat that increases the amount of protein without carbs and without that much of fat. But if I eat more peanuts, then I have a lot more calories from the fat and I also have a lot more carbs. So now keep in mind, or let's just remember, we have on the unflavored version, we have six grams of fat, which is fairly low. I would say 5.5 grams of carbohydrates and 72 grams of protein on here. We have only 66 grams of protein and this is just we now take this as a random sample and this is the chocolate mint. Only 66 grams of protein, significantly lower, mostly because of the different ingredients we add. Of course, if there are other things we add, we can have less of the original protein powder. So if this is the original protein powder and we want to add uh, cacao, cacao, for example, or peanut flavor, 
then of course this decreases the amount of protein, unflavored protein that is actually in there. So you could make an argument that if you want to optimize your nutrition, then this is less of a protein level, but it also might satisfy the cravings you have. And this is kind of the current calculation I am running, that if I have these foods in house, and if I have cravings because I might have fasted for a day, or I might have a very hard run, and therefore my body has an increased need of protein, then I don't go maybe to the supermarket because I have something like this in store and I can make sweet pancakes that, should, that taste like chocolate without deviating from my normal diet too much because this has just stevia and a few other things in it which I also would subscribe to. So basically this is, I think of this as eliminating all the different possible on the different pathways I could go. So if I have cravings, then I could go to the supermarket and buy a bar of chocolate. And then I taste the chocolate bar and realize this is like five times too sweet for me. Uh, but I nevertheless eat it because the sugar just drives me to eat it because of the dopamine, which is something I experienced and I cannot really wrap my head around this because on the side of me being rational me and, and the dumb me that is just doing stuff like eating food because it's sweet, it's just something I cannot really wrap my head around. So for this reason, I got these two now. These are five kilograms. These will probably last me for, I don't know, two months. I still have two of these. And I also kind of, I, I had the idea to have kind of half the protein shake and half the other one, not the protein shake, but the custom meal shake. But well, that's how it is. So we have the fat is about the same gram. 6 gram here, 6.1 gram on the flavored version. Carbohydrates increased to almost double from 5.5 to 10 grams and the protein decreased by decreased by 14 grams. No, not by 14 grams, but by 6 grams to 66 grams. Now, this is 71 servings. So, one serving, what is one serving? Is one scoop of these. So, you have 71 scoops of these. And Let's just try it out. I have a little bit of water here and then you can basically turn this into a pudding. If you want it more, so if you want less of the artificial taste and you still want the pudding stuff, then what I realized is what you can do is either add more water, but if you just add more water, then it just becomes more fluid. So this is maybe not the thing you want to do. So what you can do instead is add a little bit of sodium bicarbonate, which is also known as baking powder, but normal baking powder might have other additives in there, which you might not want to just eat. So therefore, maybe just take sodium bicarbonate. Maybe you should not eat too much of it. But people who have, for example, problems with their acid from the stomach reaching basically their throat, I don't know what the phenomenon is called, they also sometimes take this in order to decrease basically the effectiveness of the acid. So it basically, in terms of what, what a certain solution can be, it can either be acidic or the other thing, which I don't know the English name of, basic probably. At least that's the international word for it. So it's either lye, brine, caustic solution or alkaline. But I think alkaline is the thing that is uh, understood the most. And I found by adding a little bit of sodium bicarbonate, I basically decrease the taste and the flavor of the artificial sweetness and it tastes just a little bit more mild, you could say. Now we add just a little bit of this water and of course you also have the baking powder effect of sodium bicarbonate. The thing is just I don't have 
anything anymore here because I actually put it into a spice bottle and then I thought it was salt and I just poured all the thing into my food. So what you can do with this powder is it opens up the possibilities for you to have this as this here. I, I already experimented a little bit with a different powder I had before, basically the vanilla powder and I then took basically myself cocoa powder which I got from the store. Cocoa powder doesn't have the best nutrient macronutrient ratio for ketogenic for being ketogenic but in total the fats are probably pretty healthy and there is also quite a little bit of protein in there. The distribution of these two macronutrients is actually at least in the one I have here is 20, 22 grams of fat 10, 10 grams of carbohydrates basically similar to the protein powder we have here and we have 23 grams of, of protein which is also quite high so it's actually quite similar to nuts and this is also quite similar in terms of taste to nuts, I would say. The problem is just it's also bitter. And because it is bitter, people had the idea to just add sugar to it. Welcome to chocolate. So therefore, this here might taste similar to chocolate. The one other ingredient chocolate also has is fat. So what I tried to simulate and basically make a healthy chocolate version to prevent myself from eating the less healthy chocolate versions and other stuff is that I had the protein powder, so I had the vanilla protein powder, I added cocoa flour or cacao flour, flour and I then added, basically I tinkered with the two amounts because you don't want it to be too bitter and the vanilla also had a, a fairly artificial taste to it, as similar to Huel. There just seems to be a problem in emulating what sugar makes things taste like and also fat and what I found is if I add sunflower oil which is low in terms of what it tastes on its own compared to olive oil for example which tastes like olive oil I found that it tasted very much like brownies actually and also I made a few videos about this so therefore if you wanna just make brownies just have a little bit of sunflower oil but of course this increases the calories drastically why because it's a fat so if you wanna be on the on the on the less calories side, then you might want to opt. I just had a little bit of protein powder here. Then you might want to opt for leaving the fat out. I found that over time I can can get accommodated to the taste of the protein itself without the fat. And also it depends obviously on how satiated you are and how hungry you are. So if you just eat to a certain point, then this point actually decreases on average if you have less of the very nutrient dense foods similar to how I also don't add oil to salad anymore even though there might be an argument to be made that the vitamins then can be can be ingested better but if I have fat in my overall meal then maybe the vitamins are still taken by my body so for this reason now this tastes a lot like protein but not too much like protein and if we have carbs in there additionally to sweeteners so artificial sweeteners don't have that much that many carbs then it also tastes sweet obviously apart from the sweetener because carbs also to a certain extent do taste sweet on their own so let's try this one and then we will try the other one which is the peanut and of course now because I have both I can combine them both an additional idea would be to get basically maybe the whole setup you want and then you can have them for months basically and every time you have cravings you just 
can combine them. You can also add things like these in order to make it taste more natural and less artificial. And you can also obviously add just the unflavored one, which I probably will do then because this one will probably be too sweet. So let's finally taste it. It does taste, taste fairly good actually. So again, this is, oh yeah, it's a chocolate peanut. I, f I figured I got only peanut, but it seems to be that I got a chocolate peanut. So it actually tastes a lot and smells also a lot like peanut butter. Compared to something else with peanut butter I got recently, yeah, there is, there are these, these protein bars at the grocery store I go to, and it tastes fairly similar to these, but these also taste more artificial, and this doesn't taste too artificial, which is actually quite good. Well, this actually tastes quite well, but also I'm hungry and, but the more hungry, so the hungrier I am, the less sweet taste I actually want. So given the fact that I'm somewhat hungry because I worked out and was in the sauna, this, the fact that this doesn't taste too sweet, it tastes still fairly sweet for me. It tastes like there is sugar in it, which obviously is not. And it also, I also taste the stevia taste, which I have become used to over the years. But it seems as if this was a good solution, actually. So what I will now do is maybe add a little bit of the unflavored one in order, but the unflavored one does have its own flavor, obviously. But there is also, there is seemingly a little bit of flavor powder in the unflavored one because of some ingredients in there and also in Hue that just have their own taste, which is not that good. And this own taste is actually coming from, I think mostly flaxseed powder. Flaxseeds just taste very specific and if you don't like it or if you are not that hungry, then this might be a, a downside of Huel, for example, which tastes the unflavored version, which I then had, because again, I noticed that the sweeter things are, obviously, so if I have a certain amount of food I can eat and also my body wants to eat, then if I just eat it from natural foods without sweet sweeteners, so low carb and ketogenic, then if I reach the point of satiety, I can just stop. But if I then have the option of having additional things, that are increasingly seemingly higher caloric, then of course I can eat more, easier. And this means that my average caloric consumption also increased. So now we have a little bit of the other powder in there. Of course you can add more water and then just mix it better. And you could also potentially add nuts if you want to, but let's just taste it again. And that now tastes more mild. And that's actually quite nice. So now let's try the other one, which now is chocolate mint. So I thought I would get peanut protein basically and chocolate and I could use both, but now I have two times the chocolate, just one times with mint and one times with peanut. Therefore both will also look fairly similar. Let's oh man, this is my working desk with my notebook next to it. It also looks fairly similar, kind of this brownish brownish color. And now let's take a little bit and let's mix it in this cup here in order to have the taste, the two tastes separated. And now let's try to drink this one instead. 
very minty. This is something I didn't experience in years, basically, this taste of chocolate and mint. There is this chocolate called After Eight, which also has this mint and obviously also mint chocolate. But since I usually do not try to eat sweets, I probably ate an After Eight about five, ten years ago. <laughs> So this also first tastes fairly nice. So let's now, as a final taste test, I'm, I'm turning into a taste tester of protein powder. <laughs> and also because I have so many, so many videos with me unpacking bulk powders, because it's just, I just document what I actually already otherwise would do with these videos. And because I have these bulk protein powders and I make videos of unpacking them, it just seems like I'm, I'm sponsored by these people. At least currently I'm not. Maybe I will apply for the affiliate affiliate program, which then makes me probably into a millionaire soon, or even a billionaire. So let's now try the combined chocolate, <laughs> peanut, mint. By the way, I also noticed that whenever I am in the sauna, my mood uh, increases actually afterwards. Yeah, well, tastes fine. So possible options for using these two. You can eat them just like this and then have a lot of protein. Be aware that there are also quite a little bit of carbs in there. So if you, for example, have, let's say, 300 grams of this, then you have 30 grams of carbs. So if you have 500 grams of this, this already exceeds the threshold almost for how many carbs you want to have in a given day. Usually ketogenic diets have in between 25 to 50 grams of total carbohydrates in a given day. So this might skew that ratio, not skew that ratio, but put you above the threshold. You can just add oil and make this taste like actual chocolate, provided you get accustomed to the sweetness of it. What you also can do is you can just more add more this, more of this in order to decrease the perceived sweetness. You can also add normal protein powder to increase or to decrease the perceived artificial sweetness. You can also add sodium bicarbonate to decrease the perceived sweetness if you just again are only using these two. What you also can do is add eggs and then you basically can make protein. Protein pancakes, protein waffles. So this basically acts as your flour but since you are probably trying to be higher in protein and this is also something I recently changed and mostly because of Thomas de Lauer again is to just increase my protein drastically. So I now eat probably in between 100 to 200 grams of protein a day. Of course also varies. And I just have less cravings, I have less hunger, and it's easier to not overeat. Because given, for example, you wanna get, given your body needs, let's say 150 grams of, of protein in order to just basically repair all the muscles from workouts, and maybe also for other reasons. And if you then only eat peanuts or other nuts, and every nut comes with a certain amount of fat and also carbohydrates, then the carbohydrates actually increase insulin and blood sugar, blood sugar and insulin, which then makes you store more likely the things you eat. And if you then have the fat of, for example, the peanuts, and you wanna reach, let's say, 150 to 200 grams of even not bioavailable bio protein, then you would have to eat about 4,000 calories just from peanuts in order to get these 200 grams on the upper border. But if you then say that peanuts 
only have 52 grams, 52% basically, bioavailable of the protein. And you just say, you just assume that by doubling the peanut total volume you eat, you, you basically can get the bioavailability to 100%, let's just assume this, then you would have to eat 8,000 calories of peanuts. For this reason, there is this hypothesis I have that by only giving your body access to foods that are basically low in protein and not having a protein lever, you basically make yourself more likely to overeat if your body at least needs a certain amount of protein. And since you do actually not really need carbohydrates because you can make carbohydrates out of protein and fat, but the essential fats cannot be made from the body. And also the protein, the essential protein, the essential amino acids cannot be made in the body. So therefore you can convert one into the other, but not carbohydrates into protein or fat. Therefore you could argue you just get rid of the carbohydrates and have a happier life. And that's kind of the idea of the keto diet, which I try to follow. And also increase, I think, the just the st stability of your eating behaviors, at least in my eyes and, and in my experience. I used it already to make this uh, this brownie dough, you could say. I also used it already for waffles, but I do not have a waffle iron anymore. I also already use it for making pancakes and these turned out quite fine. Of course, pancakes again, because you need a lot of frying oil, again, have a higher density. And if they additionally are an energy density, and if they additionally are sweet, then maybe you tend to overeat again. So basically you have to figure it out yourself. But at least for myself now, for the following weeks and months, I do have five kilograms of sweet stuff that still gives me basically the protein I need and is still the protein powder. And for this reason, I think this was at least a slightly good decision, even though I'm not sure if it was totally rational. But on the other side, whenever I'm totally rational about, oh, I just should eat unsweetened foods and be ketogenic and eat totally clean, then the problem is that eventually, if I do have cravings, then I do not have a given pathway that I can satisfy these cravings with. But if I, if I just happen to have five kilograms of, of powder standing around, which I cannot eat just in one day, then I already have a given set pathway, which is then more optimal than running to the grocery store and then letting basically your monkey mind decide what it currently wants, which could lead to some bad results given some grocery stores design, given the availability of crab food and so on. So this basically is meant to replace some of the crab food in the following weeks. Pricing. Bulk Pounders runs a seemingly unpredictable, unpredictable scheme of discount codes. Sometimes it gives you 40%, sometimes it says 80%, sometimes it says 25%. Sometimes the prices are ridiculously high. So sometimes you might pay up to 75 euros for one of these bags, but usually you don't. So usually there is a discount going on on the site and you get also maybe a referral code or something else. So I got these with a 40% discount, even though I don't really know how this applies. And it just seems that usually you have a discount that results in one of these bags costing about 35 euros for the 2.5 kilograms and a little bit less for the one kilogram and then a little bit less for the 500 grams because they obviously want you to drive 
to buy the bigger bags. So therefore the bigger bags are usually the cheapest. I also bought once one kilogram bags because the bigger ones weren't available out of stock and I paid a premium basically, but I needed the protein because otherwise I just would have bought a lot more at the grocery store, which would have been even pricier. So I got these two each for about 35 and I think I paid 75 euros in Germany for these two bags of protein. In terms of how much protein you get for a given for a given unit of money, if you compare this to meat, which I now do, kind of, here is the thing. Usually, at least at a normal grocery store, you get meat for about 100 grams per one euro or one euro per 100 grams of meat. If it's, let's say, chicken, so basically the meats you want to eat that are just protein levers, because sometimes meats like pork has a protein to fat ratio of about one to one, whereas chicken has about 20 grams of protein, if I remember this correctly, per 100 grams, but is really low in fat and also really low in carbs. So it acts as a protein powder in chicken form, basically. As a protein lever, you could also say. So given that we have one euro per 100 gram, it's about one kilogram costs 10 euros. If we compare this to this, then this is more pricey. Why? Because we have 2.5 kilograms and they cost usually 35 euros. So you could argue that it's about 50%, maybe 25 to 50% of an increase in price depending on the discount codes and so on. And also depending on what what you actually get, because some of these have only 66 grams of protein per 100 grams, and the other one have 72 grams of protein per 100 grams. If you get a traditional protein powder, this also again might be different because the protein powders that are based on whey or on dairy are then again a little bit different in the ratio. Maybe you have up to 90% protein of the weight that is in there. But if you compare them, then this is a little bit more of a premium product compared to meat. But obviously you cannot eat too much meat. Or, I mean, you can, it's your choice. It is just that there are different facets connected to eating more protein powder from plants. And there also might be different facets for your health. Of course, you at the end of the day have to consider all the different variables and then make a decision for yourself. But this seems to be a little bit more on the, so given basically a certain unit of money, also might be dollars, it also might be something else, per gram of protein, then this is more expensive than the meat, the basically the lowest tier meat you usually get at the grocery store.